It's Friday, March 4th, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. Moscow deepened its military offensive in southern Ukraine, penetrating the city of Kyrgyzstan and pushing toward Zaporizhia as Russian and Ukrainian negotiators agreed to establish humanitarian corridors to allow civilians to leave besieged cities. Russian forces Thursday continued pounding residential districts in Kharkiv and Chernihiv in the north. Moscow also conducted airstrikes in the capital Kiev, and several Russian warships appeared near the southern port city of Odessa in what Ukrainian officials said could be the opening stages of an amphibious assault. Seizing Odessa and other coastal cities that remain under Kiev's control would deprive Ukraine of its Black Sea coast and the ports through which most of the country's exports are shipped. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky called on residents of Russian-occupied areas such as Kyrgyzstan at the mouth of the Dnipro River near the Black Sea to resist, saying that sooner or later the Russians would be forced to leave. On Capitol Hill, the Biden administration is seeking another $10 billion to help protect Ukraine against the Russians' invasion and $22.5 billion more to cover pandemic-related expenses, two major additions to budget talks already underway. The acting director of the White House Office of Management and Budget, Shalonda Young, laid out the requests for the supplemental funding in a Thursday blog post. They would be additions to a planned budget agreement that Congress is trying to finish before a March 11th deadline. Young said in the blog post that the money was urgently needed. The $10 billion to Ukraine would be a rapid escalation of the $1.4 billion provided by the United States since 2021, a reflection of the crisis caused by the Russian offensive that began last month. Young said the money would cover additional humanitarian, security, and economic assistance in Ukraine and the neighboring region in the coming days and weeks. The $22.5 billion tied to the coronavirus would pay for testing, treatments, and vaccines, as well as investments in research and efforts to increase vaccinations worldwide. Regarding the pandemic, Senate Republicans passed a measure backing the termination of the government's two-year-old emergency declaration on the COVID-19 pandemic, and while the measure passed Thursday 48-47 to along party lines, it is unlikely that it will get a vote in the Democratic-controlled House. If it were to pass both chambers, the White House promised a veto by President Biden, saying the measure would, quote, abruptly curtail the ability of the administration to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, end quote. The emergency, first declared in March 2020 by then-President Donald Trump, allows the administration to use the National Emergencies Act to activate special executive powers. Kansas Republican Senator Roger Marshall, who led the resolution, said repealing the declaration would, quote, deliver a symbolic victory to our citizens that normalcy is around the corner and that limited government and our constitutional rights still reign supreme, end quote. In other political news, the Justice Department intends to increase its focus on flesh-and-blood victims of white-collar wrongdoing while also placing greater accountability on the individual executives directly responsible for such crimes. The speech by Kenneth Polite, Assistant Attorney General of the Justice Department's Criminal Division, is the latest to reinforce the agency's emphasis on holding individuals accountable for white-collar crime as opposed to only levying fines on companies. His remarks Thursday at an in-person meeting of the American Bar Association's White Collar Crime National Institute in San Francisco 
echoed those given earlier in the day by Attorney General Merrick Garland. And Purdue Pharma reached a nationwide settlement Thursday over its role in the opioid crisis with the Sackler family members who own the company boosting their cash contribution to as much as $6 billion in a deal intended to staunch a flood of lawsuits facing the maker of OxyContin. In all, the plan could be worth more than $10 billion over time. It calls for members of the Sackler family to give up control of the Stamford, Connecticut-based company so it can be turned into a new entity with profits used to fight the crisis. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. These headlines were brought to you today by Podmeo. Start your podcast easily at podmeo.com, the world's number one podcast hosting. Subscribe to this daily morning brief on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.